The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Ben Stradubba, continuing our season preview podcast for all 30 teams across MLB to get you ready for the fantasy baseball season to come. And today we go to the NL East to talk some Philadelphia Phillies, the reigning National League champion Phillies, Reese's Pieces Phillies, all the good stuff that we love around Bench with Bubba. And in order to do so, I have a special guest joining me for the first time, well overdue on the show. You can find his quality work over there at Prospects Live. He's on the Twitter at Drew is okay, and you spell that out I S O K A Y. Drew is okay, Mr. Drew Wheeler. How are we doing, my friend? Bubba, thank you so much for having me. And you said such such nice things there. I love that you said it's overdue. For your listeners, they're probably going to be like, either A, who is this jabroni, or B, ugh, not this guy. But <laughs> either way, I hope we can talk Phillies and keep people around for what uh, is sure to be a very fun show filled with some immaculate facial hair, if I may say yes. so. Yeah, yeah. I'm kind of, I, I shouldn't have played around. I, I I had a full beard I trimmed like two weeks ago. Oh. I should have. Now I'm kind of mad at myself. I didn't plan this out of court. It's a bad hosting job here. We could have really. <laughs> <laughs> rocked this thing like in a big big way but oh, yeah. Uh, yeah it's it's one of those you know i let it i go for a bit then i shave it then i grow it back i just you know it's things in life never make up yeah that's so, all good um before let's like we said we're gonna have fun we're gonna talk baseball we're gonna talk fantasy baseball do it all philadelphia you have the fanatic obviously you got the funness and with fires now with gritty oh yeah Who, who's leading the charge in philadelphia these days it's the fanatic. It's always the fanatic. That guy is uh, no. I mean, it's no disrespect to Gritty because he has Gritty is a mascot that I really admire. But you know, as as sour as uh, as sour as it is, you know, another mascot I've been really into lately uh, with kind of the Northeast connection is Blooper, the Braves mascot, and how yeah. he's been with uh, Duvall's kid. Mm-hmm. All the stuff on Twitter, it's just pulling at my heartstrings. But uh, you know, 
the Fanatic is truly the finest mascot in all of professional sports. Uh, he is truly a mess. Uh, all of his antics kill me. I love him. It's amazing. It's absolutely amazing uh, watching what he's done for all these years. And that's obviously what I imagine different people have shared the role throughout time. That's how it works. But, you know, when you're good, you're good and they make it work. So it's pretty, pretty awesome to see it work uh, along because like when we grew up as kids, I think we saw mascots more often and then they kind of faded for a bit and they're kind of coming back again, which is good. So it's it's fun to see that for uh, th- those of us that grew up with the mascots doing their thing. So hope he keeps I don't see him stopping anytime soon, but hope he oh, keeps no. running strong in Philadelphia. Um, let's talk Phillies. Let's yeah. talk Phillies here and we'll start it off with the hitting side of things. And we'll start it off with the big free agent acquisition this year is Trey Turner, who near and dear to my heart. Um, love Trey Turner. He's basically the five-tool dude. But, you know, some people say he can't hit for power. I'm like, he can hit 20 to 25 bombs, maybe more in that ballpark. Uh, he can run, might run more with the Phillies. We don't know. So what are you thinking you're going to see this year from Philadelphia, from Trey Turner in Philly, most likely leading off? Yeah, I, I think that that's the kind of the crux of the operation here is that he's going to be leading off for this juggernaut. And I say that uh, with with relative bias. I mean, this is a team that I obviously support, but it's a juggernaut offense. You know, you can say what you want about the defense, say what you want about the bullpen, even say what you want about the back half of the rotation. But this offense is nasty. And especially considering that we're not even going to have our best hitter, the best RBI guy on the on the squad for half the year, if not more. But Trey is a player that I couldn't have handpicked for the Phillies, a better player than Trey Turner. I was giddy. You could tell me nothing that day. Uh, what to expect? I'm thinking 100 runs, you know, 20 to 25 home runs. I'm kind of on the lower end of that just because I like to prognosticate safely, I guess you'd say. I want to overestimate. Uh, call it 75 RBIs, 25-plus steals, and healthy average. I don't think he's going to do no 300 or anything, but you know, 290, 285, uh, everything you could want in the shortstop position, uh, everything you could want in a leadoff guy. And right now I think that uh, that's pretty indicative by his ADP and FBC. He's going number two is his ADP. And then in our prospects live uh, dynasty top 1000, we just released recently, he's number 11. So this is a guy that if you're doing dynasty or redraft, this is a player that you want on your team and you've got to spend the first round pick to get him. And I think that the stat line is indicative of that. 100% agree. And that's why I love him. Like, cause like I said, people like to say, well, he doesn't have enough power. He doesn't do this. Mike, but he does everything. That's what yeah. he does. He does all five categories to a near like great to elite level. Which, and it's consistent. When you take a first round pick, you want that consistency. Like, you know, gambles can, you know, quote unquote, help you win overall titles. But still can Trey Turner. Um, three straight 100 plus RBI seasons if he does it this year. That's pretty darn impressive. And you mentioned that offense, and I, I support you 100% on calling it a juggernaut because it is ridiculous from top to bottom. It is just a loaded lineup. So, uh, he for fantasy purposes, he could probably not have landed in a better place outside of leaving the Dodgers. Like, we know what he does there, but it's not many better options than to go to Philadelphia. So I'm hundred percent on board. I love them. I have a J Ram one. And then I fight internally with Acuna and Turner at two. That's just my, my constant battle. And I, I don't think you really go wrong with either one personally. It's just kind of how you want to build your team. Right. I love Trey and I'm kind of mad because there's like a small grumbling that he could come to the giants. And I'm like, yeah, that didn't happen. So yeah. yeah. Sorry yeah, about screw that. Up the whole off season. They screwed the whole off season. I've talked about that enough on enough shows. I'm just, yeah, it stinks. Do you, what do you think was the bigger flub judge or Turner? I think it's Correa. 
Oh, <laughs> because, oh. because I didn't want Correa, but the fact that they had to sit there and think they had him for a week and they missed out on Swanson and Rodon at that point because they already missed mm. on Turner, they already missed True. on Judge, and it's like, okay, we have all this money, and then by thinking we had Correa, you let the last oh, no. few big time prospects go <laughs> or like potential free agents go, and now we're stuck with what we have. So you know, it's, uh, it's oops. I never, I never looked at it from the perspective of a Giants fan, but I, I feel for you now. That's really painful, and I think you're right. Uh, I've been, you know, blessed. Like I said, couldn't have handpicked a better player for my team to go out and get. Mm-hmm. But man, I just, I hate that for you. Lo- yeah. Love and respect to all the Giants fans out there. <laughs> it's been a rough one. It's been a rough one, but it is what it is. I can't complain. Yeah. It is what it is. Um, what else is awesome? Like you mentioned, Juggernauts, like Kyle Schwarber. This oh, dude. It's, um, you know, people go, oh, well, you know, who cares? Like, really, who, who cares? He's an OBP monster. That's why he gets to the top of the order. And the dude's going to hit you 40 bombs as long as he plays the way, like, every day, which he pretty much does. The dude's a beast. And then, and, and so he's going to score runs. He's going to drive in runs. Like, Absolutely. he's he's, a, he's amazing. And, like, at first, when ADP started coming out this year, I was kind of like, oh, how, how do you have Schwarber going so high? You know, he's got an ADP of close to 60 right now. If you balance around your average, it's not a bad take. So what do you got on Schwarber? Oh, I, I love Schwarbs. Uh, every league I can possibly get Schwarber, I'm all about him. I've uh, I've bothered Michael Waterloo for uh, at least a straight season about him for Highlander. Have him in my home league. Going to try to draft him in this thing Clegg's doing, the Dynasty ADP. Fought to push him up higher in our uh, Prospects Live Top 1000 Dynasty. And he ended up at 61, which is, again, kind of equivalent to his ADP right now. And it's appropriate. So you hit all the high notes on Schwartz. I don't want to take up too much time because, I mean, really the bottom line is the guy mashes. But something that you may find interesting that you might not know is that Schwarber, to be such a slugger and such a prototypical corner beefy boy, he's got 29th percentile sprint speed. He's going to chip in some stolen bases. And, you know, you may be like, that's but consider the fact that this is a legitimate slugger. Like, you know, uh, 40 homers. But then he also kicks in, you know, four to six stolen bases. That's not nothing, and I, I like that contribution personally. But then, like you said, the bat, the guy has got red all over. It's a very bloody savant page. Uh, 99th percentile average exit velo, hard hit percent, barrel percent, 98th and X slug. Uh, he's a masher. Couldn't have a better ballpark. The guy's got a, a ton of swag too. He's so much fun to watch. It's you know, team with him and Bryce. That's just swag out the ears. And uh, this is from a guy that's wearing headphones, so you know it's got to be coming a lot of swag to even come out of my ears right now. Yeah, no, that's the beauty of, of the shore bombs that uh, take place there. It's because you mentioned the swag. This team is full of it, man. It's hard not to like the Phillies unless you just like a Braves fan and just because you have to hate them. That's just, I yeah. get it. That's, that's rivalries. That's what it is. It is what yeah, it is. It's but, valid. Yeah, it's, I get that part. As a you know, Giants Dodgers, I get it. But um, it's just like, man, they're. That's why when the postseason started last year, like I, my team I picked out of the National League was the Phillies. I'm like, A, because they're a hot team, and B, they're just so much freaking fun. Like, we'll get yeah. to the pitchers who I love, but that offense as a whole is just an electric factory, and it's uh, it's fun. So let's get to the next guy before I keep drooling on each one of them. Uh, JTR, JT Real Muto, is the best catcher in fantasy baseball. Like, it just keeps going <laughs> down the list here. Yep. You know, ADP of 26, and for a catcher to go 20, 20, bonkers just bonkers so what do you got on jtr who 
Well, I'll, I'll give you the floor before I steal everything. What do you got? No, on JTR? go ahead. Go ahead. What were you gonna say? The beautiful thing with JTR, if we got to find silver linings and Bryce being gone, is that just means JTR can DH more to start the season, which means yes. more at bats and save the knees for JTR. Oh, 100%. Uh, yeah, that's that was my main note is that if there is a silver lining to no Bryce that uh, JT is going to hit uh, from the DH position. So we're going to save his knees. We're going to get him in the lineup more often. Uh, it's it Really, there are no negatives other than just the sad one, you know, that we don't have Bryce. That's okay, though. And, you know, JT, he's never been the prolific, um, you know, monster slugger, but he's got power, and he hits for average. He's going to do his job and facilitate runs. And I, I, I love the guy. Uh, hashtag BCIB, best catcher in baseball. And as you said, hashtag bcifb best catcher in fantasy baseball don't at me yep no that's true it's very very yeah. true absolutely Sorry. love it uh, a guy that everybody listens to my shows and probably follows me on twitter knows i love is reese's pieces reese hoskins oh, yes um yeah i'm not gonna drool i'm gonna let you have the floor on this one because <laughs> i usually have to fight because people say he doesn't deserve to be drafted where he's drafted i usually draft him higher than where he gets drafted what's your thoughts on reese hoskins what, if you don't mind, I'm going to spin this a bit. So right now, Reese on our Prospects Live Dynasty Top 1000, he slots in at number 93, which I think is appropriate. You know, yes, top that, 100, uh, considering that let's use Schwarber for, just for comparison's sake. Schwarber at 61. Uh, and then you've got Reese at 93, JT at 94. So pretty much evaluated similarly to JT. And uh, Reese, I had his ADP at 121, 122, kind of in that range. Where where would you say you're comfortable drafting him, bud? See, his, his ADP is 130. I think if I went back and looked at my first base rankings, mm-hmm. I have him around Jose Abreu or ahead of Jose Abreu, which is around 90-ish. So, yeah, we're close. I, th- I think you're in the right range, honestly. And I mean, obviously, you can. I, I can't wait for the comments on this. Like, God, Drew is such a homer. Whatever. Like, that's it's why a I get them on it because I get yeah. guys that root for their teams. It's yeah. How it works. <laughs> well, yeah. Thanks. I appreciate it again. Uh, but yeah, Reese is just a monster. The guy doesn't chase. He doesn't walk. He puts the ball in play. Uh, lots of good, strong uh, exit velocities. Uh, I think he was um, over 80th uh, percentile mm-hmm. max exit velo. Uh, you know. The batting average is going to be low. He's going to strike out. But that's just part of the deal here. I mean, if you're looking at 30 homers and uh, let's call it 80 and 80, 160 combined is a safe way to say, you know, runs and RBIs, that's a stud. And that's a guy, um, I guess, comparatively to uh, you were saying Abreu, I think I'd put them similarly too. That's a line that I would expect from Abreu going forward. Yeah, Abreu might have a little, little less power, probably better batting average. Mm-hmm. Depends on the run situation in Houston. Mm-hmm. Um, that's like the two that I would jump also be Nathaniel Lowe, who career year is great. Can we see it again? Who knows? who knows? And then Vinny Pascantino, who looks great, but we haven't seen it yet. And I could be totally wrong on that, but I, I, I just go with like Reese and you said the average isn't great, which it isn't. But what I love about it, it's consistent. 246, <laughs> 247, 245. He had that rough 2019 at 226, but again, 246. Like we know who he is. And that's one thing I'm a kind of cautious drafter. I love knowing who I'm drafting and, Barring a fluke injury, which you can't predict, Reese Hoskins is going to get you 30 with, like you said, 80-80 and a 245 average, and I'll live with that very well. Uh, so. A couple of, a couple of years ago, you know, Anthony Rizzo was the mark of consistency for first base because you knew you were going to get, you know, his average was going to stay consistent. He was going to hit you 30 home runs and have 85-85. 
being, uh, what's the the difference here is just the batting average. So, I mean, like you said earlier with Schwarber, if you built this batting average floor, then really Reese isn't hurting you. He's only adding value. And I think that you could uh, take advantage of that value by being, uh, you know, a little bit aggressive with him like you were. And and everybody, I did not pay Drew to say any of that kind of stuff. So, yes, there, there we are. Um, <laughs> we've, we've mentioned Bryce Harper. I think we all know, obviously, he's going to be out for a bit to start the season. I still wanted to bring him up on the show because – you know, they're saying all-star breakish. That's like early July. Maybe he gets back a little sooner. He's probably going to DH um, for most of the season, yeah, I would, you yeah. would imagine. How do you evaluate that from a fantasy standpoint, like especially drafting-wise? Like when would you take a chance? Would you take a chance? How do you look at a Bryce Harper? Uh, well, I, I realize that this uh, is a couple of days ago in terms of what I'm about to refer to here uh, today on the show. Uh, but – Chris Clegg's doing some dynasty ADP mocks right now. And at pick 32 overall, I took Bryce Harper without reservation. I wanted to test and see if he'd go on the 30, 31 turn and he didn't. And I was like, okay, well, I mean, I'm not letting him slide because I know that in a dynasty league, Bryce Harper is worth every penny you could pay him. This is, uh, I'd say there's probably argument for two or three players as a better batter in the National League last season. But Bryce is everything you want in a leader, in a hitter, in a power hitter, non-negligible speed, gets on base (laughs) maybe better than anyone in the league right now. I'm not ever going to shut up about Bryce. Uh, Easily my favorite player in Major League Baseball probably, Uh, maybe Altuve, maybe J-Rod, but I love Bryce. He's got it all. And uh, in terms of the year, 16 home runs, 50 and 50. uh, Great OBP, uh, 270 average. I'm drafting wherever I can. And any any savings is plus savings. But, I mean, uh, what do you have for his ADP right now? Uh, For Harper, he is going since January 1st, 172. 172. He's He's gone as low as 258. 258 mm-hmm. whoever got harper at 258 please call me i need to get some uh i need to get you like a something uh that's amazing um i i don't know i'd take him probably six seventh round or if not earlier i mean shoot dynasty go as early as you want to that's a top 20 bat top 20 fan, uh dynasty asset for sure Sweet. Uh, let's talk Nick Castellanos, the Casty man. Um, obviously a down season for Castellanos standards. You know, 13 homer, 7 steals, 263. You look at the metrics, though, not not too crazy. Like, it was kind of maybe just like a first-year, like, weird stretch situation. We've seen that from many guys before. Um, and he's going around pick 170, give or take, in drafts right now. How would you look at Castellanos? Because I feel this is a great bounce-back opportunity. I'm with you. You know, I uh, I was wondering kind of what we would talk about. And to myself, I thought that Cassianos is almost going to be as much of a linchpin for this team as would be the guys you're looking to take that step up. And we'll talk about them in a minute. But uh, Castellanos, just a, a 50% rebound to form would be such a boon, especially for a team, like we said, without Bryce. Uh, but this is a guy who last season, you know, 63rd percentile max exit velocity, uh, obviously lots of strikeouts in this profile. That's nothing new. Doesn't walk either. But, you know, end of day, if you're looking at 20 home runs, 70 and 70, with an average that improves to, Bubba, let's call it 255. That's a player worth drafting at his draft price for sure and could return surplus value if he returns to a level that 
that we've seen as early or as uh, recently as uh, two seasons ago. Yep, 100% with you. I think there's definitely some potential upside with Castellanos. At worst, he's not going to hurt you at 170. I think there's a lot to like there with the Casty man. Doesn't hurt playing in that lineup in that ballpark as well. Oh, no. Now it gets to the fun ones. Like those first you know, five or so are pretty much we, we know what we're getting for the most part. And these are all awesome, awesome guys. There's question marks. There's potential upside. There's potential like maybe we should stay away. Like there's, mm-hmm. we've seen the goods and the bads and the uglies with some of these guys. We'll start with Alec Baum. And this is a guy, you know, the talent's there third base-wise. He's heard the boos in Philadelphia. He's worked through those. Hit for a good average last year, but we really haven't seen the overall production we'd hoped for in the minors. Um, He's only 25, but 26 this year. So who is Alec Baum? Like, what should we expect from him in 2023? I I want for Alec Baum to come out with that same grit that he had in his uh, post-game interview after the Phillies fans got to him. And you know, you you remember the quote. I don't know what the uh, the, the protocol here is, but I won't uh, say whatever anyhow. you want. Well, uh, you you everyone remembers his uh, his uh, his outburst, I guess, on the field, and how he said, you know, they got to me, but that's okay, and how the fans embraced him, and it was like, okay, you're one of us now, and that that extended to me. I can't lie to you and say that Bone hadn't frustrated me because you know people were saying, you know, third overall pick, such great contact, he's going to develop all this power, he's going to be a non-negligible speed threat. I mean, averages of 300 up. People were talking like this was Mike Schmidt part two, and I just he'll never be that. If I'm going to be honest with you, he's never going to be that. But I think what he could be is a consistent hitter who can play his part and hit. You know. The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. 15 home runs, drive in and score 72, 75 runs at best, maybe. I think the power, I'd love, I'd love to see more. And I, I, right now, I'm only penciling him for like 18 max. And, you know, that is what it is. Uh, the average is going to be great, though. Average, I'm thinking 275 or better. Um, doesn't chase. But again, you know, maybe getting on base more. Maybe just, ha- you know, following Bryce's lead. You know, letting him, you know, work on that plate discipline more, get on base more. Maybe the runs could go up. I I don't know. Bohm is so difficult, but I think that in an interesting way, if you're still a believer, if you still feel like there's upside, this is, not, this is a very interesting buying window for Alec Bohm uh, in dynasty leagues, uh, in keeper leagues, and um, in redraft, of course, which I know that uh, a lot of your listeners are big into redraft as well. Uh, that presents a sticky situation. Like right now, his uh, I've got his ADP for the year thus far, and this is a lot of drafts at 184. Uh, since January, where where are we? 
It's like 186. It's pretty much the same. Yeah. Hmm. So that would put him as a like 16th round pick in 12 teamers. And yep. that's appropriate. Rich. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know, man. It's um, appropriate. If you believe there's more, I'm still kind of wait and see, especially because I like to hit third base early. Yeah. That's how I am too. I don't like to mess with the mess as much as possible. If that makes <laughs> sense. Cause it, it's like, there's a lot of those guys like, well, I'm like, you're like, Oh, maybe like it could be, it, it's there. Is it going to happen? I'd rather not have to ask all those questions. I really don't want to. And that's just me personally. It's, it's so much easier to draft Manny Machado in the second round. Bingo. It's so um, much easier. Now just for, for funds and, you know, they're going different parts of the draft, but it's, it's another young third baseman that, uh, is yet to live up to the hype that we're hoping for. Would you rather put your stock in uh, uh, just for redraft this year in Alec Bohm or Cabrian Hayes? Hmm. A lot. Hmm. That's good. Uh, I'm going to take similarities. Yeah. I'm going to take Bohm though. I think that the upside is still greater. Uh, you know, Hayes is certainly going to give you more steals. And I think his average is probably going to be less fluctuant than Bohm's. I think that he's going to be probably a more consistent average hitter than Bohm is because if Bohm does hypothetically sell out for power a little more, uh, you know, we could see a dip in batting average, but that's something that because his average is so impressive, you know, we could you could tolerate it. If he hits another seven home runs and loses 20 points of batting average, that 16th round pick is starting to look a little bit more acceptable. Exactly. Uh, let's talk about another guy. You talk about someone to follow Bryce's footsteps. Well, Bryce <laughs> and Stott and Bryce, they're buddies. Oh, Those yeah. who don't keep track at home. Um, and man, Stott had the big AFL. Everyone was like, here he is. This is great. And then last season was, or last you know little bit here has been such an up and down roller coaster. Finished with ten homers and twelve steals, hit two thirty four. Seemed like he finished the season on a little better note, that's for sure. But you know, January ADP is around two twenty. Uh, shortstop, not as deep as you'd love, but it's deep ish. Um, Stott's a guy I've been having a tough time, you know, pulling the draft pick on too. What about you? I think that in the right circumstances and in the right team construct, Stott is a great um, upside pick. I, it's I don't want to call him bounce back, but after you said, like you said, the AFL, that performance was like, you know, Bryson Stott's here, here we go, and it just didn't quite pan out that way. But I think that, like you know, like we said a minute ago, if your team is so stable, or if you, uh, you know, if you hit some offense and then maybe got a pitcher or two, and then filled out your offense, and at this point you need to, you know, balance those pitching numbers a little bit more. I think waiting and grabbing Stott in the, um, he, I mean, he's later than Bohm, I'd say 18th or 19th round is kind of yep. thereabout. Yep. So I think that's a that's a risk that I'd be willing to take, especially in the right team construct. I do really like that Stott gets on base. And again, we can call it the Bryce effect because looking at what, uh, and I, I use ATC projection, projections, I'm sure I should have said that. What's up, Ariel, at home? Uh, Bryce and Stott projected for a 246 average, but a 310 OBP. That leap between those two is one of the more impressive ones. And I guess that, that uh, I would attribute that to being buddies with Bryce and getting tips on, you know, how to handle at bats, especially against the difficult pitchers that he's going to see in the NL East more often than anyone else. Uh, Stott also non, you know, great speed, doesn't whiff a ton. Um, I almost want to say that I like Stott as a. Oh, this is tricky. Stott yeah. or Bohm is where I'm looking at here. Yeah. I'd probably go Stott personally. I'm but... that's what I'm thinking, and I hate yeah. saying it because I want to invest in Bohm everywhere, but maybe it's Stott you should invest in because. 
he's got a lot of upside and we've seen him play almost in another gear. If I could use that metaphor in the AFL. So just kick to that next gear and man, that's another insanely quality bat. Almost like Trey Turner jr. Kind of is what we could see Bryson Stott at like 90th percentile outcome. That'd be fun. That'd be a lot of fun and definitely much, much better than I'd expect Bone to be. That's for sure. Another player, Brandon Marsh talk about facial hair fun. Um, (laughs) I loved the trade when he came over there. Like he's a great defender, which the Phillies need. We obviously know that yeah. that's a big thing, but I think there's a hit tool there that just, it wasn't working in, in Anaheim. He needed a place out. Uh, he's got a little power, got a little speed. His ADP in January is 291. So he's really cheap. Um, he might platoon, but I don't know. His defense is so good. What's your thoughts on Marsh for 2023? I'm not buying platooning. I think that he's going to start because everything I've seen out of him has been improvement, especially improvement on the hit tool. And this is a character who's uh, a character. What a weird thing to say. This is a character. This is a character who's uh, whose hit tool was always one of his more uh, uh, praised kind of things in the minor leagues. Uh, At least with me, I remember really loving his averages and the fact that he would get to the ball in a good way. Like you said, there's power here, there's speed here, and this is a guy that needed that change of scenery so badly. I hated that the Phillies traded Logan O'Hoppy. Anyone that follows me knows that Logan O'Hoppy is just kind of synonymous with me at this point. Uh, really, there's only one other player I'd say that's probably more synonymous with me, and that's A-OK. But um, Marsh was a needed real-life piece for us, and he's going to, in my opinion <laughs> – I think that Marsh's top-level upside could be kind of like what we're expecting from Castellanos uh, on a bounce back, and that's great. And obviously, you know, you hope to see more for the kid. You hope that he could be everything in the world. I, I, being realistic and being pragmatic, of course, I think this year you're looking at 10 and 10. Uh, average tops out probably 242, 245. Um, room, room to grow, though. And uh, in this offense, I think that if you know, like I said, you know, if if that hit tool gains that I've I've seen stuff about in the winter, if that sticks, you know, you could up everything by, you know, thirty percent. I think that's, that's not a safe bad. Thing. That's not bad at, at that point in the draft. It could give you some depth pieces, and especially in deeper leagues, there, there's oh, definitely yeah. something there with Brandon Marsh. So good to hear because I didn't think he platoon, but then there's rumors about it as the offseason went on, and that that's good to hear. Uh, the only other real bats that we didn't talk about was like Derek Hall potentially DHing while Harper's out, and we saw what he can do with the power bat. But that's mm-hmm. about all we saw Derek Hall do <laughs> with the bat. Um, is he a guy we're taking a chance on until Harper comes back, or is just kind of like, yeah, we're good? I mean, reserve round pick that it's it's as good a dart throw as you'll get, kind of in those last two rounds. Um, I don't know. I I, I think he's definitely going to hit over ten home runs. I mean, and it'll be you know, half a season, if not less, probably less. I think, uh, let me say, Ariel's got him projected for 260 plate appearance. That feels okay. And 12 home Yeah, so pretty much, okay, right. pretty much what Ariel said, 260 yeah. plate appearances and 12 home runs. And the guy smacks the ball. But, I mean, it's, uh, it's a profile that's tricky. Yep, I'm with you 100% on that one. Let's go to the mound. Got yeah. some aces here. Got some good ones. Aaron Nola, love Aaron Nola. Mm. Absolutely oh, yeah. love Aaron Nola. Um, people get annoyed because he has a couple starts once in a while. Where, like he's dealing, dealing one bad inning. That's Nola. But if you look at his overall numbers every year, he gets innings, a lot of innings. He gets strikeouts, a lot of strikeouts, and his ratios are usually always great. Mm-hmm. So, what's your thoughts on Nola for 2023? Because I'm buying it again. 
love Nola. Uh, give me all the Nola shares. Uh, I feel like um, I feel like I see people all the time. You know, especially over the last like month, people have shared their top ten starting pitchers. You've seen a thousand of them, I'm sure, Bubba. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> I feel like Nola's never high enough. And uh, this is a guy that you know, if he throws 200 innings, 12 wins, 215 strikeouts with a 350 ERA, this is just pish posh, same in, same old. You know, it's it's same deal for him. And I like that. And you established earlier, you're big on consistency too. Nola is consistent. You want to know how much I like consistency? Yeah. He's my fourth ranked starting pitcher. Bubba, I think we're going to become best friends by the end of <laughs> by the end of the podcast. Yeah. But I, I'm that's all how much about I, it. that's how much I love him. So it's just yeah, big big fan of Aaron Nola, and uh, that's probably why I have a lot of shares of Aaron Nola. What does what does Simeone have Nola? Do you have that? Do you have his? Um, I actually give me, give me two seconds because it just happens to be in. A, I'm a part of this group called uh, DDE, yeah. and uh, we have our consensus rankings. So I'd let me, love to dunk on Simeone on here. Let me let me pull these up real quick. It is fun to dunk on Simeone. It's more fun to dunk on Curlin personally. <laughs> but uh Simeon's always in play here. There we go. Google Sheets. And Simeon knows his pitching, so it is tough to dunk on him when it comes to this. But here we go. Starting pitchers. Michael, he has him fifth. All That's right, fair. Mike. Good That's job. Fair. That's good fair. Job. That's good fair. Because our, our consensus starting pitching rankings, yeah. I think those are coming out next week, but he already released his, so I have that on the sheet. So yeah, he um fifth. Fifth. Not too. Not too shabby for a guy they call SP Streamer, I guess. We'll, we'll can uh, can I ask? Can we get a teaser? Where does Nola fall on you guys' consensus? See, I don't know that yet because um, oh, okay, because we'll have those next week, and right. we're releasing the second half of outfield this week, and oh, then next week will be starting pitching one through fifty. So those uh, Jorge and Curlin have not put them on here yet. Ah, uh, I'm guessing just from our talks and our text messages, I think they both have them top ten. I think okay. so. Right. Consensus wise, I'm guessing he fits around six ish, six, seven. Yeah, which that, is yeah. not bad. Man, you guys, uh, y'all are giving a lot of really good stuff over the next week to your readers. That sounds like second we half try. outfielding, some starting. We pitching. try. Yeah, we've got all the all the positions. Outfield will be finished. Then we go to the, the pitching. Jorge's got his top 40 relievers. He's working on some stuff. Simeon had a cool article come out today. There's oh, all yeah. kinds of goodies coming out over there. So recommend checking it out. That was nice and Drew right there. I saw what he did. I saw. That was <laughs> Thanks, good. Um, all right. Let's go to another pitcher who I like a lot. It's weird. The Phillies pitchers don't get enough love, I think, because they think the ballpark, which is a hitter's ballpark. We're not crazy. Sure, yeah. But I've always said good pitchers, it doesn't matter where they pitch. Doesn't That's just matter. how it works. Um, and Zach Wheeler is a good pitcher. A guy, you know, only 153 innings last year because he started late due to the injury. Once he got there, no worries to me. Looked good. Strikeouts were fine. Ratios were great for like the fifth straight season. Um, what's your thoughts on Zach Wheeler? Because to me, if you wait on pitching – He's a great fallback plan, and he's ADP of 52 in January. Mm-hmm. So, you know, in a 15-team league, we're talking round, was it, round four. Four, yeah, so, round four. Yeah, what's your thoughts on Wheeler? I, I can't hate a guy named Besides Wheeler. Besides the great last name. I was about to say, it's a it's an 80-grade last name. <laughs> uh, can't, I can't hate him. I mean, like we said a minute ago, you know, all you can want in a starting pitcher is consistency. And Wheeler, you know, to have been a guy that had kind of issues, he's really ironed them out. Uh, it's a hitter's park. Yeah. But I'm sorry that we all just simultaneously forget my all time favorite baseball player, Roy Halladay pitched in citizens bank and won Cy Young's there through perfect games there. No hitters in the postseason there. I sure didn't forget it. I love those things. And that, uh, 
Wheeler is not Roy Halladay. I'm not yeah. saying that. But what I'm saying is, is that a good pitcher pitches well regardless. A winner wins regardless. And Zach Wheeler is a winner. Um, an excellent SP2. And like you said, an even better fallback. If you want to overload your offense in your first three rounds of a 15-teamer and Wheeler is your SP1, chef's kiss. Excellent yep. stuff. 185Ks, uh, 13, 12 wins, 100 and. Yeah, 80 innings all day, all day. Yep, I'm 100% with you. It's a it's a great spot for Zach Wheeler, and I kind of don't mind people poo-pooing him because it just allows him to More for float us. to the right spot. So now it gets interesting with Philadelphia. Right, yeah, a uh, <laughs> little, little hairy. a little more interesting. This is where that deep bullpen we'll talk about pretty soon comes in <laughs> handy. But uh, they went and picked up Taiwan Walker this year, and it's like a, I have mixed emotions here with Taiwan because yeah. he's a guy that's going to get you around 155, 160 innings. He's shown that pretty regularly. Mm-hmm. little less than a strikeout per nine, but not bad. Mm-hmm. And ratios, for the most part, aren't going to crush you. So it's a matter of, like, do you not care as much about strikeouts? You just want this guy that eats up innings and he makes it work. Does the transition to the new ballpark, does it scare you with him in Philadelphia? That's the, the the kind of issues I have in my head thinking about Taiwan Walker. How are you looking at Walker for 2023? I'm hesitant. And you you hit all the main talking points I had, man. And I, the hesitance comes from that ballpark transition. The fact that, you know, he's a guy whose ratios indicate that he does get into a little bit of trouble. And that's You know, with a team like the Phillies, he's going to have run support. That's never going to be a a major concern, at least for, you know, a one game thing. Yeah, we may not give him nothing. But, you know, on on an average start to start basis, I'd say he's going to have run support. He's going to be a guy that we can pick up, so to say. Um, That said, I think there are higher upside shots you could take. Um, If if Walker is your SP's. Six, seven, seven. I feel better about the further down this list. Excellent. But, um, you know, I think there's even prospect arms that I'd rather have them Walker shooting forward. So it's just, it's interesting with them because, yeah, there's like so many kind of question marks. Doesn't like dazzle you a ton in any way. Right. Um, ADP of 316, though. Like it, <sighs> that's like a 21st round pick. Um, right. Still not, still not saying I love it by any means. I'm just saying like, you're not paying a premium, but it's tough. It's it's a tough one for me to to have made a, a pick for at this point mm-hmm. in time, and it's tricky. Yeah, it is. It is. You know what else is tricky is Ranger Suarez. <laughs> um, two years ago, we thought this was the next best thing. I guess it was the Phillies' Nestor Cortez. There you sure. go, the lefty yeah, guy, sure. kind of coming on the scene. Then last year, it kind of felt like he took a few steps back. Like in the end, it all worked out. <laughs> It all worked out in the end. Like the, the overall stat line wasn't bad, right. but I think we had higher expectations. Maybe at least I did for Ranger Suarez. So how do you look at Suarez going into 2023? I think that Suarez, I, I definitely have more, more for uh, more. Uh, what's the word here? A more uh, positive will towards Suarez and drafting him this season. And it stems from the fact that I know last year I wanted nothing to do with him because his price got elevated so out of proportion. And, you know, you looked at the ERA from um, from 2021, and it was just studly. And you people, like you said, you thought that he was our nester. And I think that that's still a attainable outcome, albeit we're looking at, you know, everything kind of breaking right for the guy. 
but to be a, an SP three for a major league squad. And, you know, we know what he's going to give you at this point, because if he gives us what he gave us last season, it's a sub four ERA, uh, some games he's going to be really on, but, uh, certainly safe to say less than a, a strikeout per night, uh, you know, per inning. Um, I don't know. I think that Ranger has more upside, especially in the ratios category than, uh, than Walker and age is certainly on his side as well. Um, more more positive for Suarez, but I can understand people that are just kind of burned after you expected Nestor last year and you got uh, Domingo Herman or you know yeah. whatever. You if we can keep that, yeah, yeah whatever. It didn't quite work out for him, but ADP close to three sixty, so it's an in in game pick in a twelve team redraft. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not going to cost you much. Might even be on the waiver wire when all things are said and done. So. There, I, I'm with you. I'm not out out on Ranger Suarez. I'm just right. not as in love as I was. But a great point. I wasn't in on him much last year because that price got crazy. Mm-hmm. Like so that that was like a no go. So I guess I lucked out in that regard. But uh, yeah, some confusion in there for sure. If you believed in those things from last year, but you just found that the price was too high, it's not a bad time to invest late game because, like you said, you know those if those skills were. 65 70% of what you saw in that 2021 cup of coffee, he's still a contributing pitcher. That's not a, not gonna hurt you. Very true. Very true. The strikeout dip concerns me a bit, but that might just be a figuring things out still thing with, with that full season for him as well. Um, another guy that showed signs of some really goods, but also some kind of like, yeah, he's feeling it out in the big still. But it looks like he'll be the number five starter to start the season for the Phillies, and that's Bailey Falter. And I'm not kidding. Like, he had some moments where, like, wow, like, they got something here. Mm-hmm. Um, so what are we thinking in 2023? Is this a guy worth taking, like, an in-game chance on? Falter is a player who uh, long-term readers of mine, long-term followers of mine, know that I wrote an article for Michael's SP streamer site called Command and Control. Uh, in Command and Control, I essentially looked to find undervalued prospects at all the levels of the minors uh, and advocated for dynasty managers to uh, to have the control of those players, to go out and acquire those players. Bailey Falter's AAA numbers last season were incredible, and he showed, as you alluded to, Bubba, flashes of being that guy at the major league level, but man, as his last name would indicate, he faltered pretty hard. There were some outings that he looked lost on the mound and uh what a disappointing end in game you know end result for him to have such an up and down season especially after such a productive triple a season people thought you know this is the guy that could step right in when we need him uh, and this season i think it's almost put up or shut up for the kid because i i'm not gonna give away our next segment where we talk uh, or our two segments from now where we talk prospects but there is a kid who I know a lot of people are seeing as beating down the door. I don't think that's the case, but I don't think that a winning team who just made the World Series is going to hesitate to pull that trigger if they need to. Yep, you're so close to, to doing it again. You're not going to wait around too much Absolutely. Uh, to, see, so, if, to uh, see if it happens. That's so if, if Falter falters, I think that a guy that can uh, paint masterpieces out there, so to say, may not be a uh, hard trigger to pull, if I can say that again. And that's a... a delicious little teaser for in a minute i love it we're gonna get there very shortly but before we get to the delicious teaser we got a mess on our hands and that's called the <laughs> philadelphia phillies bullpen um it's like it's like a, a happy mess a good mess a fun mess because Sweet and sour yeah it's a lot of talent like a lot of talent a lot of depth um that's why i kind of said after like your nolan or wheeler 
you don't have to have these starters go super deep. Give me five or six. We got this bullpen that can keep the train rolling. Plus, you got to score a million runs, so it's all good. Mm-hmm. But like, even roster resource has four closers. You talk to Greg <laughs> yeah. Jewett, you talk to Ryan Roof, or anybody that does bullpens. They like flip a coin. Like, there's so many scenarios going on out there. So you know, Sir Anthony Dominguez, Jose Alvarado, Craig Kimball, Gregory Soto, who they traded for. It, the list goes on and on. How are you assessing this Philadelphia bullpen from a fantasy standpoint? I think uh, I'll start with the positives. The positives are none of these guys are head and shoulders above the rest at this point in their careers. Uh, The second positive I can give you is that if you're playing in a saves and holds league where saves and holds are uh, counted the same, this is a bullpen to target. This is a gold mine, especially if you can get three of the four guys. Really, really consider that because – Looking at it here on my sheet here, uh, Dominguez, 26 saves plus holds, Soto, 19, 21 for Alvarado, and 21 for Kimbrell. That could win a category if you had those four guys just for saves and holds. Um, I'll say this. if you, and I'm not Greg. I'm not Ryan. I'm not uh, Mike Carter. I'm not anybody that's good with bullpens. I'm just Joe Schmo Drew who has bad prospect opinions. But I'll say this. I think that this is a team that's going to want a um, – a proven hand in the role. Um, consider David Robertson. May not have been the best reliever, but he knew the role and was the closer for the second half of the year. If I had to pick somebody, I guess I'd pick Kimbrell to get the shot from the early going. But I think the most talented reliever in this pen is Jose Alvarado. Yep. I really, really love Jose Alvarado. Dominguez is fire. Soto is a lot of fun to watch. That guy had pink and blue dreadlocks for a minute. Can't wait for him to be Wild. in Philly. Gonna He's going to love Philadelphia. He's going to love hate it. Or hate it. We'll see. It's, <laughs> it's going to be one of the two. It's going to be fun to watch, man, especially if you're not in the ballpark, not in range of a 99-mile-per-hour fastball hitting you. Yep. Uh, love that. But um, it's it's a mess of a bullpen, but it could be a happiness, like you said. Um and there's other dudes that I think are not bad shouts, especially for deep leagues or if you're trying to balance um, various stats. Um, oh, gosh. Matt Strom and um, – oh, I don't – uh, yeah, Connor Brogdon. Thank you, sir. Uh, two guys that are not bad, and those are both kind of, again, outside shots at saves. But, I mean, when you've got four pseudo-closers, they're not you know they're not in the, the mix there. But yeah, I, I, I do think it's an interesting bullpen. I've always been a team Alvarado guy and I play in a couple of saves holes leagues. I think I draft him every single year. I just, man. I love Alvarado for, cause I think he should close, but at worst he's going to come in in those electric seventh or eighth inning spots and just gash guys. So, uh, and pick up a hold. It's just a beautiful mm-hmm. thing. He'll have the, he has like a spell every year where he gets this walk bug. It just happens yeah. every year with him, but then he <laughs> figures it out again and he's back to beat Alvarado. But it's like, so, you know, how it is relievers. There's such a small sample, like that one little bug, Makes like the total package look kind of wonky, right? But the dude's so good, so oh, good. Yeah. Love so Alvarado, hundred percent on board with you there. All right, you teased it. Let's talk it. The prospects to look forward to in twenty twenty three, maybe beyond, but for twenty twenty three, the Phillies have some talent. So who are we? Who are we? Who are we looking at for twenty twenty three? Particularly, I think that there are three prospects that you need to know. The first prospect that I'll tell you about is Mick Abel. He is a he's got a tremendous pitcher's body. Um, is is one of the next pillars of Philadelphia pitching. I believe in Mick Abel. People are going to tell you that his profile is down. No, it's not. Nick Abel's profile is not down. Another player that I'm going to mention here in just a minute, his profile is just so up that Abel looks down by comparison. By Mick Abel. If you hear anything I say on this podcast, by Mick Abel. Um, 
I do think he'll pitch this year. I don't think it's going to be tremendously impressive. I saw uh, Matt Heckman earlier actually on Twitter. He said something to the degree of, um, if I'm attributing this wrong, somebody beat me up on Twitter, but I think it was Matt. He said that he could see a um, like a Michael Kopech type role where it's just a bullpen bully with starter stuff. And I think that's an accurate way of looking at it. Another prospect, though, that I think could have a bullpen long-term outlook is Griff McGarry. This is a dude who really burst onto the scene this last year. I could see him making some starts, but I could see the Phillies saying, okay, this is a cap that relieved previously. We need a boost in the bullpen. Let's get Griff McGarry up. Um, it, Ariel's got him projected for 17 innings and 18 Ks. That feels appropriate. Um I don't know. I'm not expecting a lot. The name that you're going to want to see here, the name that we've been alluding to, is none other than Andrew Painter. Um, inarguably a top five pitching prospect in, in baseball. I know a lot of very reputable people, much smarter than myself, have said he was the number one pitching prospect in baseball as of you know uh, currently. A tremendous arm who excelled at every possible level our um, – uh, all of our metrics at Prospects Live, including you know data-driven stuff um, with data that you don't see, just on the internet, uh, stuff where we compare him to other players at his age, at his level. This is a guy that ticks every single box, and I do think that should Bailey falter, no, uh, and I don't want him to. I want Bailey to do well. I want him to be good. Painter will come up, and Painter will do. He'll be a league average pitcher at the ripe old age of uh, 20. 20. And, That's amazing. Absolutely amazing. Yeah. He's, um, I, I mean, uh, not a 450 ERA, but not four between there. Um, gonna strike guys out. And this is a guy that's got weapons. He's got tools. Uh, I'd love to talk to you more about Andrew Painter, but um, I think that he is somebody that your viewers, your listeners, uh, if you haven't, go look up some footage and just see for yourself. That that well, that'll speak better than I could. And I know a place. I think it's called Prospects Live. That will probably have footage on Andrew Payne. Just guessing. Maybe some more info on him. As just throwing it out there. As a matter of fact, we do, and we have tons of great information on Andrew Painter that uh, we can offer you on various different locales. I'd love to tell you more if you're interested. And you know what's funny is on Draft Champions, um, people like to speculate in later rounds on guys like a oh, Painter. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. His ADP is 360 since January. <laughs> oh, boy. Bailey Falters is 417. He's going way ahead of Bailey Falter. Almost 60 picks. It's like in a 15 yeah. team DC, it's four rounds before the guy that actually has the job right now. I mean, that, that alone, those statistics, guys at home, you know, that tells you everything you need to know. This is a guy whose profile rose. I mean, it's, it wasn't rising. It skyrocketed last year. And now in the preseason, you know, all these people just justifiably are saying, you know, best prospect pitcher in baseball, best pitcher in the minors, all these things that, you know, I have, I have a differing opinion, but he's certainly one of the best and certainly an elite prospect and an elite player, uh, uh, you know, untouchable for a reason when we were out acquiring stuff at the trade deadline last year.
I love it. I real, love it. I love real it. I love quick, it. Uh, other prospects, and this will just be real lightning yeah. fast. Um, Carl Crawford's son, Justin, just drafted uh, elite speed in your FYPDs. Um, probably around two guy. Not bad at all. Uh, Nikal Pukawa Grego is a really great underknown prospect. Look him up. Another good site if you need one. How you leave. Very good. People think that Johan Rojas may play this year in the majors. I don't see it, but he's a he's an interesting bat with uh, more question marks than known quantities, I'd say currently. But interesting enough. That's probably the best wrap up I could give on the Phillies prospect system. I love it. I love Thanks, it. Man. And uh, it's been awesome talking Phillies with you, my friend. Thanks. Um, a lot of great stuff. We covered all the bases and more. And it's been a pleasure. Before we sign out, uh, let everybody know once again where they can find you. And please plug everything that Prospects Live, Prospect Thanks. Live, and yourselves are doing over there. Thanks, bud. Uh, before I do, it has been a real treat. I know that you and I have kind of peripherally been buddies and, uh, you know, through Simeone and other things. Uh, great to get to chat with you and be here. And we have got so much in common. I, I love your draft strategy. Love listening to you describe the way that you do these things. So nice to find kind of a simpatico, uh, a simpatico opinion here and there. Uh and going into my spiel here, I always like to say, if for whatever reason you want to follow me between my podcast updates, uh, between my work, you may follow me on Twitter at Drew is okay. Uh, my work can be found both in the auditory and written form at Prospects Live behind our Patreon, where for only $5 a month, you can get access to tools such as uh, RoboScout, such as our top 500 prospects, which will be updated in February. Don't tell anyone. A top mm-hmm. 1,000 dynasty players, which is a tremendous tool that I love using. Mm-hmm. Um I'm actually this week going to be releasing uh, an addendum to our just released top 135 FYPD players. I'm going to be releasing likely another 50 blurbs with my own personal rankings. Uh, It's going to be several thousand words worth of content. I can't wait for people to see that. Um, And then on Twitter, I believe coming forward, I'm going to do some FYPD stuff. But also going forward, I want to revisit my top 10 prospects per team because there need to be some adjustments made. I left out a lot of really good players, and I can't wait to talk more with all of my followers about uh, the players that I think they need to know. As I was going to say, as people make sure you're following Drew, because obviously he's, he's an awesome guy that knows his stuff, as you can tell. But he did tweet out literally top tens of every team like on a daily basis to like cover them on. That's no uh, small task, folks. So he, <laughs> he put the time in, and I'd recommend checking it out. It's good stuff. And the fact he already said – and that's the fun thing with rankings, and you, you're finding it out, everybody else is. Oh, yeah. And we joke about it in the – gte um chat that the four of us have is like we do rankings and i we post them i'm like i just want to change them all already this sucks. <laughs> i hate like, it already are, it's like it's it's just it's it's a labor of love that's I, I like to refer to it as an it's like an ever-changing like clay mold it's like you always want to mess with it because every little thing you hear and you know some guys are projection based so it's kind of more of a structured thing which yeah i get it i respect it. it's probably the smart move like you got your thing but like I always say, like I do more caveman approach. Like I look at projections, <laughs> I do my thing, but a lot of it's gut for me. I have a big gut, so it works <laughs> out pretty well. Like that's that's what I like to do. So um, rankings is not easy, no. and it's it's a lot of it's a personal opinion. That's the beauty of it. So that's why like I said I had Nola fourth. A lot of people argue with that, and so be it. Then don't draft them fourth yeah, overall at SP. I will. Leave so them like for that's me the, yeah, that's the beauty of it. It's like I'm ranking stuff where I want to draft the person. Not where you think they should go. <laughs> uh, a smart man once told me long, long ago 
that if fantasy baseball players all valued players the same way, it'd be the most boring game in the world. 100%. But fortunately, we all have opinions and biases and thoughts, and that makes this the even, an even better addition to the most fun game in the world. 100%. And that is a great way to wrap it up with a quote like that. I almost want to get it put on my wall right over <laughs> here. It's it's a great way to put it, but uh, we'll wrap it up there. Make sure everybody follows Drew on Twitter again at Drew is okay. And over there at pitcher list dot or not pitch prospects live. I've been doing way too many podcasts today. No prospects worries, live, get the Patreon five bucks. Well worth everything. They have an amazing crew over there. So go check all that good stuff out. And everybody, this was benched with Bubba, your Philadelphia Phillies season preview. Catch you guys later.